Michigan. With your hosts, Spencer Brown, Stephen Hers, and Stephen Paradise. Now, welcome to the Michigan Podcast. All right, welcome to Michigan Special Edition, the introspective edition, we're going to call it. Uh, first of all, let's start with our trademark. We're back. We are better than ever, which says a lot more about the past and the future. But we're not really better than ever because since we've last met, spoken, we've suffered a grievous, very devastating defeat that one of us didn't predict and two of us did. It's also a special edition because we'll call this the Rip on Dice edition because he's late and not here. So we're going to talk a little bit about Dice, not in the most flattering terms. Then we're going to get into the disaster that unfolded in Columbus and a little bit of a perspective on on how we saw these things, why we see them uh, as we did, and and just uh, a little bit of kind of a, a kumbaya moment perhaps at the end. So let me just start with um, with you, Hersey, with Dice not being here. You were the one of the three of us that called this as you saw it and were actually right. I guess the question that I'd throw out to you and probably the same question that Dice would ask you is, is were you right? Did you actually see this coming? Or was this just what Dice would classify, if I may, as a typical Hersey kind of bomb throwing, you know, throw it against the wall, see if it sticks, provocateur. Did you believe it? Or was it just something that maybe you'd throw out there to try to be different? Well, to be fair, I, I definitely believed it and it happened, but it didn't happen nearly the way I thought it would happen. So I thought that our defense would have played a lot better. I certainly didn't think we would give up 62 points. Like I said before, I thought we'd lose 24-23 in a close game. So I guess, yes, I was right for many of the reasons. I didn't think Jim Harbaugh would be able to stay there with Urban Meyer. I thought mentally we couldn't stay with them. I thought they'd pull up a lot of tricks, which they did. They surprised us. But I definitely was wrong about Don Brown. I mean, hopefully that's just an anomaly. Just did not see that coming a mile away. Now, this was the same Don Don Brown that you thought might be a prospective head coach for Michigan. I still think he might be. You think Don Brown could be the coach for Michigan after that performance? Listen, anybody can improve. If if you can learn from your mistakes. Well, when you give up 62 points, there's there is room it's a bit for improvement. Of, it's a bit of a hard sell at this point. So let's let's let me twist this then. Like for Dice and for me, like just take the other side of this. Like what where did we go wrong? It's just we don't have the the, the courage of your convictions, we actually call it like, we see it like, start with Dice. He's an easier target and he's not here. Well, I think Dice is a hopeless romantic. And we know that he has five children. He's been on several marriages now. So the guy is going to keep looking for love. Two. Two isn't several. That's true. More than one. Uh, he's looking for love in all the wrong places. And the wrong place to look for it now is with Jim Harbaugh. And I think that his problem is he doesn't really look at the facts in front of him. He's too emotional. And we really didn't play anybody any good this year. And he was willing to overlook that because we beat who we played other than Notre Dame going into that game. So I think that was a fatal flaw in his and in your analysis. I'll go back to my analysis in a second, but let's just be honest. You're a bit of a bomb thrower. Like how much of this is just throwing the bomb and see if it explodes? And in this case, it exploded and you were right versus some actually analysis or hardcore belief. I mean, a cliche, but, you know, virtue of being true, broken clocks right twice, blind squirrel's going to find some nuts, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, you, you've, you've been on record with some pretty out there things that have just been ridiculous, Don Brown. So how much of this, just back it up again. What did you see that made you think we were going to lose to this team? Well, I think that we almost lost to Indiana. If we hadn't replaced our field goal kicker, we would have lost that game. We have a history now under Jim Arbaugh of picking 
uh, in the wrong moments, and we seemed to always hit the trough in the last three or four games of the season. And when you looked at what happened in Indiana, you looked at the mental mistakes, you looked at that, that, uh, that lack of scoring they got in the end of the first half of that game, couldn't get the field goal unit on the field, you look at the bad timeouts, you look at the penalties that were coming back. It just feels to me like we're not a very sharp team. And you looked at, we lost to Iowa a couple of years back when we had everything. We Everything seems to go, our, our, you know, it's not all about bad luck. I mean, when you get bad luck eight straight times in eight big games, it doesn't seem like luck to me. And I stand by that. And so uh, a question that I posed in the first podcast of the year, where are we now? Like Steve Hurst, you know, Michigan football, two things. Michigan football, where are we now? And second, with the podcast and with Dice being the the hope, you know, the eternal optimist and not looking at the facts. Like, where are we now? Where can we go with this to get either Dice to look at me to look at the facts and see things more clearly, if you will, or, or maybe without rose-colored glasses uh, versus your bomb throwing? Let's start with Michigan. Where are we now? Football. I think we are right now standing on the precipice of something. And I don't know for sure, so I don't want to be all about predictions here and Nobody knows the future. You know, predictions are tough. I think that we are going to go in one of two directions. I don't think we're going to stay where we are right now. Either, That's what Woody said. You either get better or you get worse. Right. You never so, stay the same. So my concern is Jim Harbaugh's act is wearing thin on the fan base. It also seems to be wearing a little thinner on the recruits. He's not plucking up the Quinn Nordines of the world anymore by sleeping over in the in the house. And when that act goes a little thin, you really have to start to produce. Losing this guy, Daxton Hill, this weekend, the five-star safety out of Alabama, who went to Alabama, that's not good. So I think either Harbaugh is going to change his game a little bit and really mature as a coach and figure out what he has to do to win, and Don Brown will make the adjustments he needs to make, or arrogance will rule the day and we're going to falter. And this is our maybe our last dying breath of where Michigan football will be on that road to irrelevance that I've been fearing for the last two years. Well, you didn't really fear it. You said we were already well down the road to irrelevance. Um, do you stand by that? I mean, you've you've kind of John Kerry flip flopped a little bit as the season's gone by. My, After my, the Notre Dame game, we were on the road to we were really there, re- irrelevant. Then let's my heart, off. my heart says we are still relevant, and we're going to beat Florida. We're seven and a half point favorite. My mind says no. My mind says next year Wisconsin will be back. We play Army the second game of the season, who look like they're going to be really tough. That was our out-of-conference cupcake. Almost beat uh, Oklahoma, by the way, right. this year. So we play Notre Dame, I think, week six. We got Michigan State. We got Penn State on the road, I think, this year, right? Penn uh, State on the road. Ohio State at home. I don't know. I think a three-loss season would be, right now, pretty good. It's not irrelevant, totally irrelevant, but it's irrelevant as far as college football playoff is concerned. So that's what I mean by irrelevant. I think that's right. I think for Michigan, just taking a step back, I think where Dice and I go wrong, I'm totally biased. I have a very hard time analyzing these games objectively. When we started the podcast in 2015, all three of us, I believe, that time predicted that we were going to beat Ohio State in Jim Harbaugh's inaugural year, and we had that whole talk about groupthink. This time I really did think we were going to win. I just felt like they were. it wasn't a vintage Ohio State team. Their defense, the problems they had were well-documented. Our defense had uh, had been probably overrated, but was the number one defense in the country, et cetera, et cetera. But I really feel like for Michigan, we have to win this game to be relevant. There's no relevancy without beating Ohio State. I mean, we only play Notre Dame one more year, but without 
winning at least Big Ten championships, I don't see how we can be relevant. I think next year really becomes make or break for us. You're at home against Ohio State. We've got a lot of guys coming back, as do they. Maybe not Dwayne Haskins. So it's possible they have a quarterback um, you know, that hasn't been that impressive and that hasn't started before, hasn't held him back, by the way, in the past. New head coach. I mean, Urban Meyer, you've got to give credit to. Probably the single or second greatest or maybe you know, tied for um, the greatest coach of this generation. And I think if we can't do this next year, I have to say I, I may agree with you that, that you either are sort of in this permanent, you know, second tier, nationally irrelevant, or and I hadn't even thought this before, you know, I don't think you've got forever if we keep losing this game with Jim Harbaugh. You can't go 0-10 and, and just keep rolling this out there. I mean, next year we'll be halfway home. Well, here's another problem. Not only might we be on the road to irrelevance. Wait. I feel it. I see it. Dice is in the house. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Paradise arriving from the 4 and 5 train. Dice, I'm just going to lay it on you right now. Because uh, as you can imagine, we've been trashing you in your absence. I so, so I expect nothing less. Have a seat. Get close to the microphone. I'll read the question while, uh, while you're getting settled. So hers and I, uh, you know, we're talking, and the question posed to hers is, did he have some wisdom on this game? Does he have wisdom, period, or is he just a, a bomb thrower and a flamethrower and he happened to this time hit the target? What he posited was, you just don't look at things objectively. You're kind of a dreamer and a schemer, and you hopeless, never, romantic. hopeless romantic was the words he used. <laughs> and therefore, you really didn't look like at this objectively and really schemer. don't look at anything objectively. Dice, what say? On the first question as to whether Steven is, is, is capable of wisdom and a flamethrower, I think the answer is he's capable of both. I think he's, he's a t- once in a while he finds wisdom, but I think there's a lot of, lot of effort at it. He's but is it, is it a broken clock being right twice kind of wisdom, um, blind squirrel? I'm or, not sure what the wisdom actually, is here. The fact that we got our d- doors blown off by, by Ohio State, well, is that, that he the predi- he, he, of the three of us, predicted that we would lose the game. Uh, Which, when you listen back at what we predicted, is wisdom. Right, okay. I mean, he called that Thank right. I, listen, I'll say this about him, and I'll, and I'll give him his due, because I'm a man who gives due to his, his opponents when, when vanquished. The biggest indictment I can say about that game for Michigan and for Jim Harbaugh is this. If, if Urban Meyer was coaching Michigan and Jim Harbaugh was coaching Ohio State, Michigan would have won that football game. We agree. We agree on that? Absolutely. So there was, there was the famous quote about Bear Bryant <clears throat> where he'll take his X's and beat your Y's. He'll take your Y's and beat his X's? Absolutely. You think that's the case? I happen to think. That's a, that's I, a damning 100%. indictment. It's, I, it is, but it isn't because I think Urban Meyer is a very, very special football coach. Right. Well, we're, we're, we might, in unfortunately, college, on the college level. Unfortunately, I think we're going to be saying uh, 12 months from today, boy, that Ryan Day is a very special football coach. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be saying that. If Ryan Day beats Michigan next year, I mean, we're already, you know, 11, not even, uh, 11 and a half months from now, is hers right? Are we at that point in a state, nothing's permanent, but really in a, in a semi-permanent state of irrelevance? Is that a bomb thrower statement or does the man have some truth to it in retrospect? Irrelevance on, uh, in the terms of a, of a what? National championship conversation. Top 10. I would say losing to Ohio State. Top program. At that point, we would have lost to Ohio State eight years in a row. Is yes. It, uh, the next year will be eight. So I would say that, that that's troubling, especially considering the fact that Urban Meyer, who I do think is a difference maker as a coach, uh, is gone. Then you'd have serious issues with how Harbaugh, I think, coaches in this game. And I think the coaching in that game was horrific. Horrific. But do you think, going back to, to just keep this on a personal basis... I mean, 
Are you a hopeless romantic that 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 you're just incapable? I am on on Michigan football. I'd have to throw myself in that camp at this point. But are you able to look at these things objectively? I mean, in looking at this podcast, it's just to spoil down to you always taking kind of the glass is half full and maybe even a little bit more or or you know can you actually look at these things and analyze i mean i I would say that i'm maybe more conservative when it comes to michigan football and my devotion to it and maybe i am at times a little blind to what may be more apparent to others at the same time however i just said if urban meyer coached michigan in that game and and harbaugh coached the other team we would lose so i mean michigan would have won so I think the answer is I can't. I mean, you have to be beat over the head a few times, but I think eventually I'll get there. Can I offer you the most pessimistic of outcomes here? Um, Yes, please. So not only am I fearful that we will become irrelevant. We being Michigan football or the three of us? I'm actually worried about the three of us being irrelevant if we can't figure out how to actually look at these things, you know, critically – and, and I, I agree. I'm, I'm proposing that we rename this podcast Buckeye Agas because uh, <laughs> that's more relevant than Michigas. But the, the truth is, is that my worry is that not only do we become irrelevant, but if Ryan Day comes into Ohio State and he brings that program back to earth, then maybe the entire Big Ten becomes right, irrelevant, right. and maybe all of Midwest football is irrelevant, and maybe this sounds like the speech and animal. Yeah, 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 well, question. What do you mean by back to earth? They're, they're on earth. He doesn't have to bring them back to earth. When I say back to earth, meaning Ohio keeps State keeps them there, keeps them where they are. You no, mean. no, back down earth, meaning they've oh, been comes a, back to us. They've okay. been a top three, top four program right. in college football the last 10 years. So if they go back to not being in that same pantheon with Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, then where's the entire Big Ten? I mean, we can all get excited about the preamble, which is what we are, the first eight to 10 games of the season, but then. When the big boys come out and the prom starts, we're back at home watching Fantasy Island. I mean, let's be honest. We are not relevant. The plane. Dice. Was that a shout-out to Stu Harris? It was. Yes. Okay, thank you. Dice, you have your hand up. <laughs> yeah, I want to raise another issue, though. I want to bring this into the, into the discussion because I'm thinking about this. And, and Darren Lee, uh, a linebacker on my favorite f- professional football team, was suspended for four games. And it made me think, wow, you know, if you think about it, Ohio State players seem to get suspended a lot. And Ohio State players seem to get into trouble a lot, as do other programs. What is the value of any that any of us places on the fact that you, with some exceptions, Frank Clark who has not gotten into trouble in the NFL, but with some exceptions, Michigan players are generally seem to be better citizens. And I think, does that come into play in the recruiting battle? Are we saying no to certain players because we hold them to a different standard and our players aren't going to be getting suspended for, for performance-enhancing drugs or what have you? Can I answer that, please? Uh, yes. I'll go just ahead. give you a Take short a answer. I've got one, too. Former you know. lawyer friend of mine once told me, so true, so true, so what? <laughs> I mean, who cares? Do you think Michigan... So that's the answer. That's your answer. So you'd be happy to have Michigan players getting suspended left right. It wouldn't bother you at all. I didn't, at say, all. I didn't say I'd be happy. I mean, once we're, we're talking about college football. What is the correlation and the, then the relevance of what people do when they get to the NFL? I think we run... I think oh, we recruit... Darren Lee is now a blight recruit, on Ohio State. We recruit State's good kids, history. and we recruit kids that stay and, and, and generally play within the rules. Isn't Mark, this a Mark Davis says Michigan State's a bunch of thugs. I, I mean, isn't this... Amongst the three of us, isn't this BS? I mean, we had the same thing with Beeline where people were saying you can't expect to win on that level because he recruits a certain kind of guy. He's not going to get in the gutter like I'm not Kentucky. Saying, excuse me, I didn't say and, that. But I'm saying like, and here we are now, Michigan's no. in this college saying, basketball thing where five or one. Thank you. Thank you very he's much. He's figured it thank out. You. And now, now that doesn't seem to be Finally, such Finally some truth telling because you know what? We've been sitting here for three years and this guy's been making one excuse after another for every single thing that happens to Michigan. It's unbelievable. It's like Michigan Which is- guy? You. Oh, really? There's, There's only two Michigan guys here. Michigan is your favorite. It's hard to reduce. Michigan 
talking about Bob. I, I, I don't know what excuses no, I'm making. Everything's in that. Darren Lee got pivot. suspended, so Michigan pivot. shouldn't have here's been the that. Pivot. Uh, here's are you the listening pivot to this? No, I mean, he's telling here. He is telling the truth. What are we talking about? We're going to get to Beeline next. Beeline can't. We can't. He can't do this. He can't do that. Beeline was one of the worst coaches in college basketball. The point is. You're irrelevant. Nothing you say makes any relevance. These weren't excuses. That were thrown out there for the basketball team when we were in the we're going nowhere. Now all of a sudden, when we're great, you don't hear like that we can't compete because we have higher standards. You Sorry. did say that. No, you said that we were suspended. Hey. I didn't say we can't compete. I said against one team, Ohio State. We, 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 we seem this to is like the Elvis Costello: good manners and bad breath. I mean, you know what? Thank you. Drink some mouthwash. We can compete with these guys. We used to compete with these guys. This is only the last like 17, 20 years. You're telling me everything's changed then? I don't buy that. I wish I you'd be it. I wish you'd be as hard on Michigan as you are on yourself. You you hold yourself <laughs> to high standards and now you 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 got these lax standards for Michigan. It's crazy. No, no what lax, happened no, to you? No lax standard whatsoever. I was looking at, at the way over, I was looking at the Michigan recruiting from the sixteen and seventeen class, and it's actually pretty impressive. Exactly. If uh, you look at the if you look Devin at Devin Bush, Devin Bush, who he, he beat out Florida State for a hometown guy, they said this article pines, and I agree. He'll go down history. He's in the conversation. Greatest linebacker in University of Michigan history, Devin Bush. Better than Andy Canavino? I'd have to think about that a little bit. Better but, than Mike uh, I mean, he's, he's good. Again, like, it's an interesting point, though. Looking at the recruiting lists, at least last few years, we've been right up there with them. So it's not like we're getting inferior players. In fact, Dwayne Haskins was ranked lower than Brandon Peters. I mean, where's that gone? So I, I don't know. I think that's an excuse. Well, we always talked about the coaching. The coaching was a tr- was a, was atrocious. Coaching didn't seem good. Atrocious. All right. Well, let me pivot. Just throw this back to you, Hersey. Um, you know, you've you've thrown some bombs in Michigan basketball. The infamous Bo Ryan, John Beeline comparison. You know, the the whole John Beeline <laughs> being overrated. Dice. Bomb thrower, or I mean, is is there any basis wait, of wait, knowledge wait. or fact? Be fair. When did I say that? A year ago. Well, so, well, well, let's not go crazy. I mean, the Bo Ryan thing. You were still, you know, before before out. last year's Final Four. So what? You were wrong. You were, yeah, John I mean, you were wrong. Then you were trotting it out in the John fall too. Now a better co- as good, if not better, coach. And I'll just say. Bomb thrower. I mean, with no, with just to get to get some attention because everyone loves John B. Sorry, facts are, facts are facts. Sixteen okay. straight, fi- sixteen straight NCAA appearances for Bo Ryan. I, that, I don't know why sixteen straight NCAA appearances. Well, that's the measuring stick that someone should be judged by. Two I don't straight know why, final why fours. That's, that's the when stick I made the sticks. comment, he had a better he resume. He stayed at one school for a very long time. How long has John Beeline been at Michigan now? And how many years has he been in the tournament? Eleven years. Okay, missed the tournament several times already. How far has he gone in the tournament? A couple of times. Same, same right. as Bo what Ryan. What will it take that, for that's you? That's not the measurement of whether who's a great. I, I was talking about X's and O's basketball coaching ability. He was taking into account whether or not they're in the college basketball. You hall said of fame, he was better than Nick Saban fame. last time. Do you you want to talk about that? Ball, halls of Fame? No, I didn't say he was better than Nick Saban. What did he say? Roll the tape. No, back. I said he's I as good. I said he's as good as. I said he's as good, which does not mean better. As good means as good as any coach coaching right now in college college sports. That's what I said. And I think I, I agree with that. Look well, at the that, way that, that mean he's as good as Nick Saban. As good. Thank you. No, he said better. Better. Okay. Better. okay. As good. Now, now it's semantics. Good. Sorry, I'm a lawyer. I'm very careful with the Wait, words that I use. Take the rose cup. Take the glasses off. You think he's as good in basketball as Nick Saban is in football? Do, in, terms of, in terms of how he actually coaches his team, takes with the talent that he has, and makes him into a unit that plays to the best of their ability. You, you're making Absolutely. a mockery of yourself now. Can you, can, you might want to. Let me have some. You're smoking. I mean. You think he's as good at basketball as Urban, Meyer, X's and O's. as Urban Meyer yes. is in football? Yes. Wow. In terms of teaching X's and O's to the players. Yes. And Coach K? Yeah, for sure. If and you had that, Coach K's talent? 
And that is why, if folks, Coach K's talent? he makes the predictions he makes. Okay. If you well, had Coach K's talent. Well, this goes to Urz's point. No one's stopping him from getting Coach K's talent. Yeah, it is. I mean, He's if, chosen not to not to go after one-and-done guys. Yeah, He's he, chosen to, to, to recruit guys that are when, 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 when Brazikas leaves for the NBA, what will you say Brazikas at that point? Brazikas not going to be a one-and-done. No way. Okay. Yeah, another prediction. He, Mark yeah, it down. Right. Prediction. I am predicting that. And anybody, if he does, great for him. That means he's a great recruiter, Beeline, because he means he was able to oh, recruit. Oh, so you, you're like, heads I win, tails no, I you, no, you lose. No, it's actually very consistent with what I'm saying. Whether he's one and done or not doesn't prove how good a coach he is. You think it does. So I'm saying that will satisfy you. All right, so uh, I, I want to move off this because we've got one more topic I want to cover, uh, which is – What's that, gibberish? Two more. We, we done two with more. I, I, want to to I did want to throw you guys both Wait, a bone. Okay, a bone. I'm late today because of Bill de Blasio. just wanted to make oh, that point. Thank you. Oh, nice. What did he do? Well, the subways were mercilessly slow today. Okay. So where are we now? Michigan, let's go with Michigan football. Well, uh, where are we now? Hersey, where are we now? Like I said before uh, our our loyal friend showed up, we are standing on the precipice of either permanent irrelevance or maybe, 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 maybe Ohio State falters. We come in there and we can become back. I don't think we're going to be nationally top five, but maybe we can become a top 10 team. It's not bad. Dice, where are we now? I think that... We are in the mix next year for for the playoff. And, and what makes you think that, Mr. Data Point? I think we're turning a lot of very important players to the team, and we have guys a year older, and we have some incredible. Well, every, every I'm hoping that every program's got guys hoping, that are a year older. I mean, here's the one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna hope for is the world. There's gonna be an improvement at the offensive coordinator position. That that's gonna be uh, a necessity to, to making any kind of a step forward. I think we are. We have, let's, let me. I just, oh, the reason Ohio State and us is that. They give their athletes the ball in space and let them make plays. We have a guy, Chris Evans, who, if you haven't watched him play, gets the ball in space, makes plays. Never put him in that kind of position. We have Nico Collins. Only does is throw vertical passes to Nico Collins. Never gets Nico Collins flashing across the middle. Never gets any other wide receivers flashing across the middle. Our athletes are as good as their athletes. They have to be deployed in the right way, and they're not being deployed in the right yeah, way. Yeah, I agree. Like, one of the biggest contrasts to that game is if you looked in the first half at the two touchdowns Ohio State had on fairly long passes, their, their receivers were wide. Forget that they were wide open. They were in space. Catching balls, you know, one-on-one coverage in space. If you look at the two touchdowns we had with Nico Collins, they're miracle catches in the corner of the end zone where a six-foot-five guy needs to make, exactly, you know, an unbelievable circus play. I mean, that game actually wasn't really even as close as the score, just given the and, ease and the fumble on the on the kickoff. Yeah, I mean, the ease with which they scored versus yeah, kind we had of a guy the, catch it to a we had a guy. Yeah, I mean, the turnovers brain, were probably even. Anyway, I, I think where we are line. is, you know. I think we are getting into must-win territory for Harbaugh. I mean, at some point, to make this program relevant, you have to beat them. If you're not going to do it at home against a rookie coach, one has to wonder, and maybe a rookie quarterback, when it's going to happen. You, know, you keep losing this game. I, I actually, I'm stunned to be saying this, but lose it a few more times, and you are permanently irrelevant in terms of, of uh, the Big Ten and, and college football. So You do realize one thing, though. The rest of the country looks at us and laughs, especially people in Columbus. The fact that we are saying publicly that we are not irrelevant yet is going to draw a chuckle for anyone who happens to tune into this from anywhere other than Ann Arbor, Michigan, or New York City, who's a Michigan fan. We, we, we are like, the patient is like DO, DOA right now, or yeah. I mean, like somebody's doing chest compressions on us, and you're like, oh, great, we're, we're doing good. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but I mean, 11, if, 11 and 2. We're getting pretty close to the point where Harbaugh's, I mean, we're getting close. Thank we're you. at least we're in the we're in the we're, zip code. I think we're we there. all agree. If we're we're lose there. All right, no, no, if we uh, lose next year, I think we're all in agreement that that's right. that's the that's the end. And just while we're on it, so so where are we? Michigan hoops. You're are you finally? I'm pointing to Hersey. Are you ready to admit? You know, maybe maybe 
there's something there, or we're still I, chasing Bo Ryan? No, I'm very happy with Michigan Hoops. I think we're a very good team. I don't know, though. We do have a very big weakness at point guard in Xavier Simpson. <laughs> no, I think he's a great defender. He's a great point guard. The guy can't shoot, and he keeps shooting threes, and he keeps missing. So he's um, he reminds me of Ray Williams, the former New York Nick, who uh, they used to say he can keep both teams in the game at the same time. <laughs> That's Xavier Simpson. Got it. And by the way, Paradise is in love with Xavier Simpson. I think he named his daughter Xavier. He renamed her last week. All right. Well, we're going to uh, – switching gears a little bit um, – to another consistent theme of this podcast, the time person of the year. Oh. The, uh, the final candidates are out. And so I think this could be kind of a Rorschach test in terms of hers is bomb throwing, Dice's rose-colored glasses, maybe me coming in somewhere in the middle. But here are some of the finalists. Like who, person of the year. We've got Trump. We've got the separated families. We've got Putin, Mueller. We've got uh, Christina Blasey Ford. We've got Khashoggi, we've got uh, a couple more, Meghan Markle, and uh, that's about it. Moon Can I ask you a question? What are the, st- what are the requirements Here, or standards? The requirements just who's made. So here's my question. The, the requirements are really who's made the biggest difference or been a difference maker in the year. Isn't this, and I say this again, every single year, shouldn't Trump win this award dice? Actually, I have been opposed. I think I voted for Angela Merkel a, a, you, a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. If my memory serves me. But I have to say, of that list, I think Trump Trump gets it running away. And I know that's not the answer we're looking for here because it doesn't give her the opportunity to do another sucker punch to me. But unfortunately, that is my answer. Oh, I got a sucker punch waiting for you. <laughs> well, let's go with the sucker punch. Five. Forget the person of the year then. I, I, I think that Time Magazine deserves a sucker punch. There are two people who are not on that list who should be in the final three. It should be Trump. John Beeline? No. Nope. Urban Meyer? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> yes. And Brett Kavanaugh. How can you possibly put in Christine Blasey Ford without Brett Kavanaugh? I mean, just from a newsmaker standpoint. would you standpoint, give it to either of those to over Trump? I didn't say I would, oh, okay. but I would give it to one of those three. I mean, she's the most famous person in politics right now. And, she's, and by the way, she has Jewish heritage? Yes, Jewish heritage. Yes, for all of our Jewish heritage. There's already maybe been, a few out there. She I, might I be guess, one of Hersey's congresswomen when, next year in the APAC in the APAC uh, rotation. Yes, Zucchini Lacus. She made a difference. All right, so are we, is this a, a trifecta here? We agree Trump, person of the year? I, I, I got to tell you, when he goes, I'm going to be sad to see him go only because so much of my entertainment is derived from Donald Trump. And, and, and I'm, I'm going I'm to shed a tear. I mean, this goes back to, like, my theme of, of societal. We don't have enough time to go into this, like, can't handle the truth. But this guy is the person of the year every year. I mean, if you look at half this list is on the list because of Trump. I mean, as far as a difference maker and a newsmaker, I've, no one's ever seen anything like this. I think he'll get it this year. I do. I, I agree. I agree. time is owned by Meredith now. It's not owned by time anymore. It's not owned by time. So Meredith is a little, you know, I think Trump's got a shot. Well, the other thing is, though, with all due respect to the question, which I do enjoy, <laughs> the Time Magazine Person of the Year is as relevant yeah, exactly. in society as Michigan that's football. What I said, that's what I said. I would, when I would was, agree with that. That's what I said when it was the whole Merkel debate. I would agree with that. All right, last, last thing, maybe slightly more but not that relevant in today's world, and this is another you can't handle the truth. Hall of Fame today, the Baseball Hall of Fame, inducted uh, two new Hall of Famers, Harold Baines and Lee Smith. Like, what Hall of Fame is this? Does any? Am I missing something, or what is going on? Are these... Are we in participation mode 
for the Baseball Hall of Fame or like yes. it's the it's the All-Star Fame? What is going on? This is a mockery of a mockery. <laughs> of a sham. Uh, it really is. If, if Babe Ruth were alive today, I think he'd quit the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, the whole Groucho Marx, I don't want to be a member of any club that would have me as a member. This yeah, was that W.C. Fields? I W.C. Fields. I think it, it just six one half dozen. It's a, it's it's a. I think it was Groucho Marx, and uh, I think it was also Woody Allen. After, thank you. Afterwards, but. whoever said it, it was a brilliant statement. So um, it, it's just a joke. I mean, this guy is a. That's why I don't join a country club. Is a, is a journeyman? He, he's not a journeyman. Obviously, he's a, he's a very Who? good ball player. Harold Baines. He's an all star. Yeah, but come on. Well, well, his career batting average, I believe, is, two, is over It's th- not over 300? And not no, 300. No. 300 homers? No. no. Three, yeah, 380. 300, homers. but not 400 homers, not 3,000 hits. DH. Long Dice, career. any feeling Long on this? Career. I think I think Lee Smith, I mean, listen, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to compete with either of you when it comes to this kind of geeky statistic shit. With, excuse me. Statistics stuff. It's, a, it's a podcast. Statistic stuff with the uh, with the Hall of Fame and this and the other thing. My impression, and I'm not a huge baseball fan, is that Lee Smith was a pretty damn good reliever back in the day. If I remember 46 saves one year. No, no, Lee Smith was good. Nobody's saying anything about Lee Smith, but oh, I, thought he I am. I mean, yeah, he was a good Smith reliever, is, but I mean, he I, wasn't. I, I was just saying, Lee Smith, Harold Baines was a nice player. I like the I like the, the facial hair. It was a nice touch. Well, there is there is a he new was on one team for a very long time. If that counts for anything, well, he played for five teams, but but he played with the White Sox for a lot of them, though. Right, but let me just say this: there's a new statistic. I'm not no, I'm not a baseball geek either, I, but I do know what WAR means. It's called wins above replacement. Yes. And supposedly, for those people who do follow the game in that data analytic view, this is a very reliable stat. And his WAR is 37.1, the same as Maglio Ordonez. So. And then guys like Lou Whitaker, who has double that war, still on the outside looking in. It's it's a joke. I, I agree with you. I think these are participants. Is Alan Trammell Trammel in the hall? Just he got, got in last year. Oh, yeah. So Whitaker will get in. Yeah, Sweet Lou will probably get in there, too. And George Steinbrenner. Here's a guy who... That's and another a, and I'm a Met fan. This guy belongs in the Hall but of Fame. But we're not arguing about Lee Smith. I don't think so. I don't think Lee Smith... I mean, I think it's a jump ball on that one, but I don't really He's consider him leagues. a Hall of Famer. Was he, was he in both leagues? Lee Smith, yeah. Let's go back to Steinbrenner. That's Red another Red one where we can't handle the truth. Great guy? Probably not. I mean, did he do some things uh, suspended? Of course he did. But there's no single owner in the history of baseball that had more impact on baseball than George Steinbrenner. If he's not well, in... That's a political decision, obviously. Obviously, but the, so it's, what, it's a... You know, we don't feel good about putting this guy in. He didn't but you're do right. This it's, a it's, it's a sign of the times. It's a sign of the times. Of the times. You got Donald Trump can't become the man of the year or person of the year because it's going to be offensive to somebody. Uh, you know, you can't put George Steinbrenner in a Hall of Fame. It's it's a it's a joke. What's going on with this this world now? I mean, these are little data points that portend to awful things, and it really is why Jim Harbaugh is not winning. I I agree. I think they are related. Dice, some closing thoughts here. Uh, I'm sorry I was late. I apologize. I do have a day job, unlike some of the members of this panel. Um, but I'm sure I'll catch up with it on the uh, on the rebroadcast. Hersey, any bombs? Well, I I, I always say to my wife. I like being wrong because when I'm wrong, I learn something new. So I was wrong about John Beeline. He has taken his game to a whole other level in the last 12 months. And I would say that if you look at Jim Harbaugh comes to Michigan, tries to be the cool kid. He gets to sleep out with Quinn Nordine. He brings him to Michigan. And now he looks pathetic. He looks like a loser. And then you have John Beeline who's doing everything to act like not the cool kid and somehow square, I know it's not a word people use anymore, but the square guy is the cool guy now, and the cool guy is the square. I don't mind being wrong. I don't love being wrong, but I don't mind being wrong. I don't like it when I'm intellectually lazy, and I think for Michigan football, and I would say for Dice too, maybe not hers, I'm not sure how much of this you believe or not, we've been intellectually lazy in terms of analyzing this. That's going to be my New Year's resolution. I'm really digging deep here. 
you know, I think we've got to look at this critically and see where it's going. And on the next podcast, I look forward to taking a blank slate on Michigan football and seeing where we can go with it. Any other closing thoughts? Yeah, I say something. I don't think intellectually lazy is correct. I think we make certain assumptions. I think you're soft on yourself. We made certain assumptions. I think you're no. very intellectually we, we lazy think on that, this. We think that the talent is, is is up to par, which we all agree upon. But the fact of the matter is, we made certain assumptions. We did. We talked about it going to that game. We thought there'd be some gadget plays. We thought there'd be some mixing it up a little bit, maybe throwing a first down. Essentially, Harbaugh does not adapt to the circumstances. He went in there with the same philosophy he had all season against inferior opponents, thinking he can overpower them on the line and wear them out over the course of the game, and our defense is so good that the other team would be beaten to submission. But guess what? It doesn't work when the guys on the other side are as good athletes as you are. You have to adapt. He didn't adapt. That's got to change. I agree with that. Well, next uh, we've got the bowl post-bowl edition in January. So we wish all of you happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, it's past, and, uh, and we look forward to seeing you and speaking to you in the next year. Signing off. <laughs>